Hey, good morning and welcome to Your Owners. We meet every Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time. If you're watching this on YouTube, LinkedIn, or Facebook Live, great, glad to have you on board. Be sure to hit that like, subscribe, and share buttons. Also, if this is your first time seeing us here on Euronurse, be sure to check out our website at euronurse.com so you can learn more about us. It's also the best place to go to catch our episodes, our previous episodes. And boy, we got a bunch out there for you. 42 to be exact. Hey, if you're interested in sponsoring our program, check that out on our website too. And remember, you're the ones that drive the show. So it's your comments, your questions that really matter. Uh, we are having an interactive talk today, too, so we are going to be looking for some input. So use that comment box. No matter how you're watching us live, you're able to always comment and be seen on the screen. Your, your comments can be seen on the screen. So be sure to join us. And talking about this week, today we have uh, Sandy Brunella joining us, and she's going to be talking about an innovative new idea for collecting urine for females, a female uh, thing called the Eurocap female. A device for urine collection. So we're going to be really anxious to see how that works and get more information on that. And hey, let's bring in our experts right now as we have all of our experts on board. And for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Vic Sinise. I'm the creator and host of this program. Glad to have everyone on board. I've been involved in urology for a long time, probably over 30, well over 30 years. And this is my way of paying it back to the group to try to bring this education on board for you guys. And let's go ahead and start bringing in our panelists and with an introduction, Christy, take yourself off mute and let us know who you are. Good morning. I'm Dr. Christy Campo. I am the U.S. Director for Clinical and Client Services at Telecare. I lead the clinical and scientific implementation of the EuroCAP nationwide. All right. Great. Nice to have you today. Thank you. And Sandy. Good morning. I'm Sandy Brunello. I'm a family nurse practitioner and wound ostomy continence nurse. Uh, the majority, and I'm happy to be with Tillicare. I'm a clinical educator here in the U.S., and I'm so happy to be here. Uh, the majority of my wound ostomy continence um, um, experience has been with helping women who have urinary and fecal incontinence. And so being part of the Tillicare team is a really good match for my background. Good. And John. Good introduction from you. You bet. It is great to see you here today. I am a private practice urologist in Gilbert, Arizona, who is paying it forward like what Vic is doing by sharing my experiences in the business of medicine to benefit my colleagues. And one of the ways that I'm doing so is by creating the Thriving Urology Practice Facebook group, where we have close to 2,300 members in the US to help collaborate and improve our practices. And it's all for free. And when they say it's free, I say, I'll take three. I look <laughs> forward to our knowledge exchange. Back to you, Vic. All right. And not last but not least, Andrea, go ahead and give us an introduction. Hi, my name is Andrea Strong. I'm a nurse practitioner in the academic setting in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm also the educational director for the Chicago Metro SUNA chapter. I've been working in urology since 2010. I worked as a nurse for a long time. I did inpatient, I did outpatient. Um, I do see a lot of uh, female patients with incontinence and with fecal incontinence. So I'm really excited for today's presentation. All right, great, great to have you on board. 
And we're going to go to that section of our show, which is our favorite stories. And I'm going to kick it off here. I got to bring this back. Last, Those of you that joined us last week know that I got <laughs> this, this crazy shirt. It's all funny. But I had, I had no idea who gave me the shirt. So I announced, you know, it, it, you can find my address if you just probably Google my name. But I know you can go to, you know, you to, to Suna's website and my address is there. But anyway. I get this shirt from Amazon. No idea who gave it to me. I figured must be a fan sent it. Well, I found out who gave me the shirt. I now know it was a friend of mine and he goes, he calls me up. He says, Hey, you know, I, I, I sent you this shirt, but I forgot to put a name to, you know, name it. I just sent it from Amazon. He said, I thought of you when I saw the shirt, I had to send it to you. I said, Oh, great. Now at least I know the answer to that question. Interesting story. It's uh, one of my best friends actually was the best man at my wedding. And, uh, there's three of us that are still great friends. We started a band together in high school. We've been friends ever since. So we have that commonality in that in band. The other interesting thing is the three of us are also all in the, the, the healthcare field. I'm a nurse. He's the drummer and, and he's the uh, head of the software department for Siemens, which made the PAC system, all your x-rays. He's the guy who keeps that thing working. And the third guy who's a keyboard player, uh, works for a company that makes prosthetic uh, knee replacements and hip replacements. So all of us have that medical uh, background also besides music. So, all right. Now I know I'm not the only one with some great stories. So Christy got a story for us. I do. You know, I um, left academia about two years ago, left my tenured position, but my favorite class to teach was the very first course that new undergraduate nursing students take. And in that course, um, a skills course, they learn basic head-to-toe assessment, um, pretty much every basic skill that a nurse needs in the first semester, including uh, perineal care, um, straight cats, indwelling cats. So we're doing that checkoff that every nursing student gets to do um, right before they go to clinical. So they're about six weeks into nursing school of a four-year program. So really very little knowledge. And if you've seen a student do their um, a skill evaluation or checkoff, they're very, very nervous. So the students walked in, she's doing her um, skills evaluation or checkoff on an indwelling Foley. So first she conducts her physical assessment. And that's where she went just a little bit awry because we teach it very simply. What should you assess and communicate with your your simulated patient. So she's introduced herself to the patient. Hi, I'm a student nurse. Today, I'll be assessing your vagina for a Foley. And, <laughs> and I'll be assessing for necrotizing fasciitis because that's very dangerous. <laughs> I said, can you just take a minute? Let's exit and do over. I think you've gone astray and you've been watching YouTube a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> a little nice. off story. It was cute. She was nervous and she did great after she tried again. Don't know where she got that information because we did not provide that. <laughs> yes. Wow. That's great. Hey, I'm going to bring John in next. All right. Top that, John. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being in urology now for close to 30 years, you think you've heard it all. You've seen it all until a patient I saw last week. 60-some-odd-year-old guy comes in for elevated PSA. So I assess him, and as I'm about to perform his digital rectal examination, 
he tells me, Doc, I've been doing this for a while. And I said, what do you mean you've been doing this for a while? I asked him, when did you last have a digital rectal exam? Thinking that maybe his primary care doctor will do it or an MP or PA. He said, no, 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 no. I've been doing self-digital rectal examinations for the last 10 years. He's... <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, I'm pretty skilled, but auto... Auto digital rectal examination, that, that's a new one to me. So yeah. anyway, the bottom line is wh why this is important is that always be humble, always be, always have an open mind, and always be willing to learn from your patient because you never know what you are going to learn coming out of the mouth of your patients. Back to you, Rick. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Andrea, do you have a story? I do. All right. That's fascinating, Dr. Lin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this happens to me a few times a month because I see a lot of patients with incontinence. We'll do the history and the physical, and then I'll say, you have something called stress urinary incontinence. And usually the patient will say, oh my gosh, I knew it. I'm under so much stress. I'm really stressed out about work. I knew it. So it's just interesting, the terms that we use. So in my practice, I've started explaining, I say stress urinary incontinence, this is not mental stress. This is the physical stress of coughing, sneezing, laughing. Um, so it's just interesting how how common that can be confused, that term. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All the stuff we use, we use these initials all the time and patients just kind of shake their heads like they really know what we're saying. So you're, you're right. You got to be careful how you say things and that you make it clear to the patient what you mean. Because they'll, they'll come up with crazy stuff. <laughs> All right. And Sandy, I left you for last because it's easier for me to switch on your slides then. <laughs> so my story comes from, sorry. My story comes from way back when, when I was doing outpatient urodynamics. And this lady came in, you know, late 50s, early 60s, and I'm doing therapeutic communication with her, as we always do when you're performing a intimate, somewhat uncomfortable procedure. So we're just chatting, and all of a sudden she says, you don't have a wedding ring on. Are you dating? And I'm like, no, ma'am. And she said, I think you should go on a date with my son. <laughs> I was like, oh. I was so shocked and taken aback, like, okay, we're playing the dating game during her urodynamic study. So exactly. um, that was just a one-off, right? So thank goodness that never happened again. Well, here, I, I thought the story was going to be, that's how you met your husband. And oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Next story. Right. All righty. <laughs> Well, great. Any comments from the audience? You're free to put those in. I don't see anything showing up right now. So I think we're going to go ahead and start the show. And let me li line up your slides for you. Go ahead and take it away, Sandy. Well, thank you again to Vic and the panelists for having us here today. We are very excited to be here to have the opportunity to talk about our unique product called the Uricap Female. There's no other external female urinary catheter on the market that works without suction and also has Medicare and insurance coverage. We are excited to share 
what our innovation includes and have some dialogue with y'all. So we know you're all experts in this area, but I want to give you a little bit of context for the URICAP female being used in the home care setting and along the continuum of healthcare. The burden of urinary incontinence is well documented in the United States and globally. Um, the complications that are associated with urinary incontinence, as you know, are skin, infection, and the patient's quality of life. Skin exposure to this Skin exposure to urine can end up causing significators, can lead to UTIs, sometimes chronic, and urinary incontinence can have a significant impact on the patient's quality of life. In the acute care settings, complications of urinary tract often lead to increased lengths of stay, readmissions, and not, you know, and the cost of, um, the cost of urinary incontinence management can be quite enormous to both the patient and the patient's family and caregivers, not to mention the cost of care that that puts on our United States um, economic burden. Next, we're gonna show you a two minute video as a foundation for our episode today. Urine collection device. Uricap Female is a simple, comfortable, and quick-to-use device that enables effective urine management. The Uricap Female is assembled from the cap and the tube. Connect the cap to the tube. Connect the tube to a urine bag. Make sure they are firmly connected. Apply the lubricant around the edges of the device. Clean the vaginal area before applying the device. Hold the Uricap Female with your dominant hand. Place the index finger in the longer, lower lip of the device. With your non-dominant hand, spread widely the inner and outer labia. Locate the top of the vaginal opening. The device is placed in the area above it. Attach the long or lower lip of the device to the vaginal opening. Using the free thumb, tip the cap upward to make full contact with the area around the urethra. Lightly push in and hold in place for 5 to 10 seconds. Close the inner and outer labia around the cap. Only then remove your dominant hand. Fasten the tubing to the securement device where the extension piece meets the drainage bag. Allow enough slack in the tube and secure to the inner thigh. To remove or change the cap, simply spread widely the labia and gently peel the cap from top to bottom. With the Uricap female, the patient may enjoy a full quality night's sleep all while staying dry, clean, and comfortable. Thank you. And now we wanna hear from you. Go ahead and open up those chat boxes while we go through a few multiple choice questions. So I wanna know, do you have experience using or applying an external female urinary catheter? Comments coming in here, Christy uh, Campo. Yes, John Lynn B. No, Noel Brosman. No, Gina Pauly said yes. Okay, so let's go to the next question. Do your patients need an affordable alternative to paper based incontinence products or suction based catheters? 
Alrighty, those answers are starting to come in. Christy, yes. John said yes. Nancy, yes. Andrea Strong, yes. Well, the good thing is, the good thing is, that's what we're talking about today, an affordable alternative to those products. Next, why do your patients need an alternative to those paper-based incontinence products or suction-based catheters that are not covered by Medicare? You can enter any of these letters and also select all that apply. So why do your patients need an alternative to paper-based incontinence products or suction-based catheters not covered by Medicare? This is a... Uh... Oh, okay. We're starting to get, so Nancy Pizarro says all of the above. Yeah. And we're seeing ABCD, another all of the above. Gina Polly, all of the above. Looks like all of the above is our leading answer here. Good answer. Audience. Good answer. All of these things can be addressed with the URECAP female. One more question. Does your practice need a low risk approach for obtaining a clean urine sample in women with urinary incontinence in the office? All right. So again, feel free to put in those comments in the box, those of you that are watching live. And we do have some coming in here. Oops, let's see here. John Lynn, all of the above. Christy, uh, yes. I guess all of the above was from previous one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes and no. Repeat. Wasn't repeat. wasn't sure. Uh, Andrea says yes. Gina Polly says yes. Fantastic. Once again, we have a solution for that. So as we review the indications and contraindications for using the Uricap for women who have urinary incontinence, I want you to start thinking about who are those patients in your practice who would benefit from using the URICAP. So let's talk about those indications. The URICAP is indicated for female patients ages 18 and over. So the women who have complete or partial urinary incontinence, who are also partially or fully immobile, and maybe they are the patient who needs a good quality urine sample collection and possibly fluid output monitoring. Patients who are already bedfast at home due to their um, other physical issues, or maybe they require prolonged immobilization to heal after a procedure, again, they are great candidates for the URICAP female. Now, there are patients who are not good candidates for the URICAP, and I want to just tell you a little bit about those patients. So think about the area where the URICAP is applied. You do not want the patient to have any skin conditions or, or problems in the periurethral or perineal skin area. So that can include anything from rash to infection um, and any other symptoms that might have developed during current use of the URICAP or past use. The, the women who have pelvic prolapse stage two or higher um, they experience urinary retention because that's obviously not going to address that problem or they have an existing infection, whether that be UTI or a vaginal infection. We do recommend caution 
in using it in women who are combative or uncooperative. The last thing we want to see happen is a woman pull the urecap tubing, which could result in significant discomfort. So now it's important for me to let you know, how does the urecap actually work? So we're going to talk about the three mechanisms of action that allow our really innovative product to work for the woman with urinary incontinence. First, we're going to talk about surface adhesion and then labial folds and time. So surface adhesion is the force that allows two dissimilar surfaces to adhere to each other. And how that works with the Uricap, the medical grade silicone has water soluble lubricant added to it, just like you saw in the video. And it adheres to the naturally moist surface around the woman's urethra. Those two forces combine, allow the product in the woman's anatomy to gradually form a solid, secure attachment. The next mechanism is the labial folds. We all see these every day in our practice. They work very well as a mechanical force to hold the urecap in place. And then the third and very critical element of the mechanism to hold the urecap in place and form a good uh, leak-free seal is time. So with time, what we are looking for is one of two things to happen. Either a naturally occurring incontinent event or for surface adhesion to occur over the time span of an hour or less. And usually it's less. The combined effects of all of these forces is what makes our patented, our patented innovation work. So once surface, surface adhesion occurs, the Uricap provides a mechanical barrier that actually covers and protects the urethra from external contaminants. And for a lot of women, the most common external contaminant is actually fecal contamination. So that is going to prevent um, that is going to prevent an uh, avoidable um, urinary tract infection. The the urethra is also um, going to be a leak-free and comfortable area once the urecap is applied. So now it's time to open up your chat box one more time and answer the following question. Which of the following describes the three forces enabling the urecap's innovative design? So take a minute to read through those and start answering the question in your chat box. We are starting to get some responses coming in here. Okay. Christy, letter C. Andrea, letter C. Looks like letter C is starting to be the winner here. And it is the winner. C is the best choice. Fantastic. We have, we have a smart audience. Yes, we do. A very experienced one. So just to summarize, the Uricap works using gravity to a standard urinary drainage bag. And um, 
does not require suction or any adhesives to stay in place. And since no electricity or external suction is required for use, the patient is free to transfer from bed to chair and chair to bed without moving anything with them. And the device remains secure. It's important for me to point out that the URICAP is actually not recommended and intended for regular ambulation throughout the day. The, the best time to apply the URICAP is before a naturally occurring uh, time of rest. So either before the woman takes a nap or when she's preparing for bedtime. Applying at bedtime means that overnight she has a good night's comfortable sleep being dry and not wet or changing uh, paper incontinent products throughout the night. The device can be simply applied for a clean catch urinary specimen, which does avoid intermittent catheterization. And we're gonna get to the topics of sustainability and cost in just a few minutes. So I wanna give you a little bit more context for the URICAP use in the home and along the continuum of care in the healthcare system. Indwelling catheters in the home are really good for managing urinary retention. The paper absorbent products, whether they're pads or adult briefs, um, they're not covered by Medicare and they um, are also not covered by commercial insurance. They actually have a significant environmental impact. They add a lot to the volume of waste, um, which, which isn't good for any part of our environment to, to remain sustainable. And then suction-based external female catheters in the home can um, put the patient at significant risk for periurethral contamination with fecal matter, and also requires a lot of equipment for the patient to learn. Um, so this isn't always a really good option for most women and their families in the home. Next, we're gonna have Dr. Christy Campo talk to us more about the URICAP and sustainability. Sustainability is a really important part of the mission here at Tillicare. And in this example, we really wanna show you what is the effect of um, absorbent product use on the environment. So in this simple example, we're looking at the use of uh, two adult briefs per day by a very small population, only 137,000 women, which is those women in the United States who have severe urinary incontinence. So if a woman is using two adult briefs per day over a year, the waste product associated with that would fill 38 five-story building. So there's a significant amount of uh, paper-based waste that either goes to landfills or incineration. By comparison, if that same population of women were using the Uricap, a single Uricap per day, it's used and changed once every 24 hours, they would fill, by comparison, a single five-story building. So again, for Tillicare um, as an international company and for many of our partners, um, the idea that we think about the environment is really, really important. So we want to bring that to the front today also. Our company has completed multiple clinical studies and can report on the following outcomes using a variety of variables. Today, I'm going to summarize three of the key studies for you um, in the interest of our time for the, for the presentation. 
The first study I'm going to talk about is an independent study that was conducted in three nursing homes. Those nursing homes are in Israel, which is where our headquarters is. So 30 women were enrolled and 756 applications of the URICAP were performed. What is great about this study is that there were no, no adverse effects reported. And as we had hoped and expected, 100% of the women experienced leak-free urine collection and the urine was collected as, as expected meaning no urinary leakage on the woman's skin. The next study was also an independent clinical study um, conducted in two acute care hospitals in Israel. We had 14 female uh, patients um, participating and 149 applications of the URICAP. With those 14 female participants, some of them were able to wear the URICAP up to 34 days with a total of 149 applications performed. For the, from the results of the study, what we saw was the expected amount of urine collected in about 76% of those when it was applied to females who met the indications for use of the URICAP. There were very few and minimal side effects reported and the nurses found it very easy to apply within one to five attempts. Um, the key here is using the URICAP because it is such a unique device and an innovative device. The nurses overall found it takes practice and it takes patience. So that was a big learning point for our team from this study. The third study called the Tillicatch study meaning using the URICAP for ca catching or collecting a urine specimen for the incontinent woman was performed at a outpatient urology clinic affiliated with a very large medical center in Israel. We had 29 female patients enrolled and each of them had one URICAP applied and one urine sample collected. What we were trying to, to show or prove in this study was to evaluate sterile single urine sampling in a woman who was either able to void completely on her own or who had mild bladder. And in those 29 applications to collect the samples, only one of them was contaminated. And we had zero adverse events once again. And we had really high satisfaction scores, not only from the nurses and nursing staff working with the patient, but also from the patients themselves. They were very uh, satisfied and happy to participate in that study. And the contamination rates, what's most exciting is the contamination rates that were detected um, were well below the contamination rates reported in several surveys and published uh, documentation already um, seen with um, other methods of collecting urine, including um, including uh, catheterization to collect the urine. Um, what is most exciting for us about this clinical study is that those low contamination rates uh, proved that the URICAP is an excellent way 
to avoid intermittent catheterization or indwelling catheterization for a woman who has urinary incontinence. And the results of this study are actually going to be presented by our CEO and physician, Dr. Michael Cohn, this year in Toronto, Canada, when the International uh, Continent Society meets. So we're very happy for him to be able to report those findings. So let's talk about how to order the URECAP for your patients at home. It is so good that we are actually um, now partnered with Men's Liberty Bioderm and they are our distributor. Um, the, um, the next slide shows the letter of medical necessity that needs to be completed by the prescriber so that your patient can receive the URECAP and the products at home. You can download this letter of medical necessity from Liberty Men's um, External Catheters website, Bioderm's website, and um, um, you can also download it in the online learning module that you're going to have access to. We're going to talk about that in a minute. It's very easy to fill out. You fill out the patient information in the top section. You choose the ICD-10 code that matches what's going on with your patient's diagnosis. And you attach medical records that show that your female patient has had urinary incontinence for three months or longer. You sign it and you fax it. And then the patient will hear from Bioderm and they will set up delivery to the patient's home. And that LMN also includes the refills that the patient will need ongoing month to month. Christy is going to talk now about the cost of current clinical products available in the home. Thank you, Sandy. So our takeaway when we speak about costs, so I literally pulled these data from the internet. It's easy for anyone, but I just simply collated it here for all of us today. Um, not comparing to indwelling catheters because they serve a different purpose, but looking at pads, suction-based catheters, as well as the Uricap. Pads, diapers, um, briefs, and wall suction-based devices, or even external suction-based devices for urinary incontinence, to the best of our knowledge, have either no insurance or Medicare coverage or very, very limited. So um, the big takeaway for both of these is that the patient could spend as little as 67 cents per pad or diaper. There's no reimbursement for those. And for someone, if you look to the far right column, someone who may be using six adult briefs per day, that could range anywhere from 120 to $260 a month. Again, that's an out-of-pocket cost. Many women may wear an adult brief and also add a pad inside of that to help cut back on the costs and simply replace those pads. So it's really difficult. You know, it's going to be very um, unique for each woman. For suction-based catheters, these are ones where someone purchases a suction canister um, and they use either a wick or a pad. Um, these are not covered to the best of our knowledge by insurance, Medicare, or Medicaid. Um, the actual suction-based device that you would use at home either uses a battery or it's plugged into um, wall electricity. They range in price from $590 up to $1,240. So um, a pretty big expense. Um, and then they also need to purchase on a monthly basis the either pads or wicks that go with those. And again, I pulled these right off the, the internet. Um, those range from um, $6 per item to $72 per item. 
but the manufacturer's instructions include that these should be changed every eight to 12 hours. So if you're using it around the clock, that daily cost can be anywhere from $16 a day and upwards towards $500 a month. The Eurocap female for a woman who has um, the diagnosis of urinary incontinence for three months or longer and meets that letter of medical necessity. Um, if paying cash, it's gonna be um, close to $14 per day about 400 a month. However, because um, Eurocap is covered by Medicare, um, many insurances, and at times Medicaid, again, it varies widely, um, that coverage can be zero depending on their insurance. And for Medicare, um, Medicare is gonna cover 80% per uh, 80% in total. That's gonna be 277 per day or about $83 per month. So depending on the woman's need, depending on the resources she feels comfortable using, um, whether it's one device or whether it's a mix of those devices, we always wanna take into account how we can save our patient money um, by either adding Eurocat for just the nighttime use or if she's um, in bed or in a wheelchair around the clock, it may be appropriate for her throughout the day. So just a, some data to think about as you try to help your patient um, find the most affordable resource. Sandy, so, you going to cover training? Yes. So as, as we know, and as you've, as you've heard from us today, the since the URICAP is such a innovative and unique not 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 seen in any other type of external female urinary collection device we we know that training and support is key for the user to have safe effective outcomes with the urecap most clinical experts can learn how to use the product very easily and for our patients in the home whether they're applying themselves or they have a caregiver family member someone to support them who's applying it for them we have found it takes them about one to two weeks to learn the um, the best application and have the most success with the URICAP. Just like with any skill, practice, practice, practice is what happens. So we are proud to offer a variety of training resources to the clinician and the patient, the family helping them at home. Um, we have an interactive learning management system that I'll talk about in a moment. We have the training video that you've already experienced, multiple different full color, large font flyers, which helps all of us uh, educate ourselves and our patients. The one tool I would really like to point out is in the bottom left screen of your corner. It is our perineal training tool. It is a female anatomy paper tool that is really good for using in your office to teach that a woman who has urinary incontinence about her anatomy. Many women don't really know what's going on, how many different structures are in the periurethral area. So teaching her about that and showing her how the urecap is applied, where it's applied, so that she has a better understanding before she goes home to start learning this on her own. You can actually have these in your office and you can send one home with your patient so that she can start practicing. Uh, we find this tool very effective. And the learning management system that I just uh, mentioned is an online 24-7 cloud-based um, application that you can access to, to fit your schedule. So the, the greatest thing is 
for the registrants, Vic has already sent out a link for this to you. And you're going to have two weeks to access the learning management system, which is really great because you're going to experience every type of um, every type of text, interactive questions, question and answers, uh, quizzes and videos, which help pretty much any type of learner learn more about the URICAP female. Because we are a global company, we have the LMS in several languages, and we have an instructions for use, which is a brochure or pamphlet, and those are available in six languages. We have covered a lot of material today. I'm, I'm just grateful once again to Vic for allowing us to present. Um, we want to hear from you once you've completed the learning management system. Feel free to reach out to our uh, company email, support at tillacare.com. Um, and we want to hear from you. Um, if you would like to um, receive a product demo, if you'd like more information about the URICAP, please email us there and we will get back to you and arrange a product demo likely over Zoom. Thank you again. And stick around for the after party because Christy is going to demonstrate the Yuri Cat female, how it works. So we look forward to. Does anyone have any questions? Thank you so much for that presentation. This kind of reminds me like sort of the female version of a condom catheter or Texas catheter that the male uses. Yes. And the great thing is there's no adhesive. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple questions about your studies that were presented. Can you speak to the inclusion or exclusion criteria for um, the study participants? I couldn't hear the question. There was some background noise. Could you ask the question again? Sure. Can you speak to the and exclusion criteria for the study participants? I'm sorry, there's a lot of background noise. So inclusion, exclusion, 18 and over, um, adult women, um, depending on the study. So there were several different studies. So the study for the Tillicatch included women who were both continent and incontinent. But our other studies, adult women, 18 and over, um, we excluded anyone with an existing infection and existing uh, periurethral um, issues, wounds, abrasions, um, existing infections, um, anyone who is pregnant or suspected to be pregnant. Um, that's off the top of my head. I believe that covers it. Okay. Great question. Thank you. Do you know the average age of the patients in the studies? Yeah, average age, um, I believe, was in the 60s, but I'm happy to, I can send you a summary of those reports, absolutely. That would be great. Thank you. Yes, of course. What were some of the side effects mentioned in that 14-woman study? Great question. So um, I'll let you know, so of the three studies we shared today, each of those studies informed um, changes in the Eurocap, so how it's shaped, how it's made. And in the after party, I'll actually have time to show you um, a first generation device and a third generation device. Um, so the first study that we presented to you was a first and second generation device. And the device was a little bit thicker, um, had a slightly different shape. And because of that, we again changed the shape and the 
thinness of the silicone. Um, so the types of, uh, of side effects that you saw there were some light redness, um, irritation in the skin. Once the uricap was removed, those resolved on their own. And again, we used what we found in that study through those mild side effects to inform that third generation device, which I'll hand up, you know, I'll hold up for us when we get to the after party. Very, very thin. And I like to compare it. And, and when I work with nurses, wherever we are nationwide, a lot of women say, you know, this really reminds me of, of like a contact lens. It's very, very thin. It's very, very soft. And once it adheres to the periurethral area, it flattens and thins out. And I think because we're now at that third generation device, that couldn't happen with the first generation because the silicone was just a bit too thick. Um, but since we're now at that third generation device, um, we've had no reported incidences of um, skin issues, um, wounds, infections, anything like that. So we've been, we're really proud that um, thousands in use, that there have been no reported issues. Great question. Christy, sounds like what you're saying is that in the, the, the three studies that you mentioned, some of the studies were done using the earlier generation devices and you're expecting or you're now seeing fewer side effects with the newer generation device. Absolutely. Since we've gone to the third generation, no reported issues. Absolutely. Very good. Now, a, a great, uh, greatly unaddressed problem among women, postmenopausal women, is genital urinary syndrome of menopause. How do you account for the variability in the female anatomy among those women with GUSM when you are using Uricap? I can tell you that we've not explicitly studied um, any factors along those lines. Um, you know, we've taken a pretty broad application when recruiting participants for the studies. However, um, most are postmenopausal. Um, I would say that although this has not been studied, we are conversing with women who are premenopausal, and they're having um, great success with this. And again, these are, I can only say they're anecdotal at this point. Um, you know, the, the female genitalia uh, varies greatly. Um, you know, we're showing pictures here of the perfect application site, but in my own experience in applying the device, uh, premenopausal or postmenopausal, the size of the device, I'm going to reach over and grab one here. The size of the uricap is actually, it's very, very small. So um, the width and length of the device is actually, if applied properly, it's going to capture um, the, the urethra whether or not you can see the urethra, because sometimes it's retracted into the vaginal area visually. Is that, is that how you would actually describe it in your experience, Dr. Lim? Oh, yeah. Uh, again, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of variability among the female anatomy. Yeah. And again, because the device is, it's very difficult to show on a screen like this. That's why we have the images, but the device is very, very small. However, um, statistically, there is a finite space for this in all women. There's only so much space. So statistically, this is going to fit, um, you know, calculation wise, we've estimated 80% or greater. 80% would be the low end um, and greater. And my experience anecdotally applying this, um, I work mostly in the acute care setting with hospitals. Um, Sandy's our, our nurse practitioner working in the offices with physicians. Um, I'm seeing it fit. I would estimate, and again, anecdotally, I'm not measuring that at this point, about 90% of all women. Some women just don't have, remember the labial image? They need a bit of labia in place to help hold this. They need a bit of depth 
at the perineum, some women are very, very flat. And if they're very, very flat, the urocap is going to have trouble adhering, um, using those adhesive forces up against the perineum. So I'm not sure I 100% answered your questions, but I've hit on some of the important factors that relate to your question. Yeah. So I'm guessing my microphone is working now. Yes. It is. Yes. Have you had any uh, uh, use or cases with prolapse, you know, vaginal so, prolapse? Sandy, you want to chime in on that one? Right. Actually, the URICAP is contraindicated with women who have stage two or greater pelvic organ prolapse. It just is not going to stay in place with those organs causing protrusion and pressure in the periurethral and perineal area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of what I figured, assumed that that would be the mm -hmm. case. Well, and I have to add, you know, one of the reasons we developed the paper periurethral model, um, even in the acute care setting where that's my area, um, even nurses don't always recognize that there's a prolapse. You know, I'll go in to help the nurse um, apply the year cap and I say, you know, I'm thinking that's a prolapse and we need to go back and do another assessment because they have so much on their plates. They don't always get in and do that really great assessment that's critical to safe application. So even teaching nurses, um, where might a prolapse appear? What might that look like? And um, kind of talking through that in the live setting with a nurse, you know? Yeah. Dr. Campo, you bring up a good point of underdiagnosed prolapse for patients. Mm -hmm. You mentioned Absolutely. you were in discussions with um, perimenopausal females for this product. I can think of a patient population who um, might be interested, and I'm thinking of younger females who have multiple sclerosis, who are not in urinary retention, who I think would find this product an excellent thing for them. Absolutely. We just finished a, we have a, um, a, a patient who's a great advocate for Uricap. She's a professional, you know, obviously we're not going to share her name or anything, but she is a C5, um, C5 uh, quadriplegic. And she has used the Uricap every single night. Her significant other applies it for her and she wears it every single night. She's um, over a year and a half at this point. Um, she has reported to us, and we've done this through interview, we're about to release um, actually her interview, how it's really changed her life. And we're very, you know, it's, you know, we think, Sandy and I both, and our, our CEO, as he's a physician, you know, we think always, you know, the older woman at home um, or in the acute care setting, how can we make this work? But this patient, you know, she has had insurance coverage. Um, she experienced a life-changing um, use because of Uricap, able to sleep. Her significant other can sleep. Her infections, she says, have been cut in half. And, you know, I have goosebumps knowing that we, in working with her, have had that effect for her. And I know there are other women like her. So we really hope to be able to reach out to those women also. Yeah. Urinary incontinence, it's undermeasured and underappreciated, the emotional toll mm -hmm. on these patients with incontinence. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Depression yeah. becomes a big problem. You, yeah. you talk about the expense of pads and things like that, but, you know, at night, yeah. uh, unexpected incontinence, you could ruin a bed. And mm -hmm. I know we, we know it happens. Absolutely. Big, big expenses. And that's a lot of the feedback we get from patients and family members that using the Yuri cap is so nice because she's clean and dry all night. And guess what? She's not waking up to go to the bathroom. That reduces her fall risk. Yeah. She's not getting up to change the 
the spouse or the significant other isn't getting up to change because unfortunately sometimes they could get wet with um, uh, paper products. So getting a good night's sleep, that makes the quality of life instantly better. Yeah, it can also reduce caregiver burden because that's Absolutely. a big thing I hear in my clinic. I had yeah. one more question on the study. So you were measuring contamination. When I'm in my practice measuring clean catch contamination, I'm looking at squamous epithelial cells. Is that also how your studies were designed to measure contamination? Yes, it was. And happy to send you a copy of that report. That's just all I can answer off the top of my head on squamous cell. Yes, I have a number. I have the quant and the qual for those um, measurements. Thank you. We do have some information or some questions, comments coming in from our audience. I don't want to admit those. Does the uh, Susie Swain asks, does the URI cap cause labial erosion? Not in the current um, generation, the third generation. I would, I would turn it over to, to Dr. Campo. Did we have any problems with that with the first and second generation? Um, labial erosion specifically, no, but definitely a localized abrasion. And I, I hope I'm not trying to oversimplify, but I do like to compare. If you put on a new pair of shoes, you cannot put on that new pair of shoes and wear it all 12 hours of the day without, you know, having some impact on the comfort or even the skin. So when we first start using the Eurocap for a female, we want her to apply that device, get comfortable wearing it. She may only wear it for four or six hours the first time. And that's why we say it may take up to two weeks. You have to get used to wearing that. We have had no reported issues of actual um, labial erosion, or um, I see there's another question about patients with urogenital atrophy. So again, we haven't specifically done studies in a population where that exists. They would have been excluded from a study. Yeah. Did I answer the question sufficiently? Yeah, I think that answered the questions. I, uh, I did bring that one just up a couple seconds ago. Don't see any other questions from the audience. This was really a great talk. Um, yeah, that was my concern about the uh, genital urinary syndromes of menopause, also commonly known as vaginal atrophy. And uh, I see some problems with using Uricap in among those ladies. And we definitely want to go back and make sure that, one, we study these, par these populations, but that we also move forward with caution as we make a choice with that patient and what's the best device for them. You know, it's not, we make no claim that it's for everyone. But again, we have studied in postmenopausal women by and large, and again, pretty successfully. Well, even with the male external catheters, it's the same thing. You know, it, it, uh, the perfect patient has a perfect fit and a perfect result. But right. how many perfect patients do we meet in our career? So it's not, there's always a variation and they're going to be kind of some hit and miss that you just don't have a device that's going to stay on. I'm sure the same thing happens with this, but when it works, it's great just to be able to Spare them that incontinence episode. It sounds like for Eurocap, the practitioner needs to understand how it works and then the ideal anatomy for that particular patient, for that device, so that it will be a literally a good fit. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, we, you know, we really advocate for not only the physician having that strong understanding, but we want the patient to have a good understanding of how the device works and understanding that it will take you know, a few tries and maybe up to two weeks um, for our one patient that um, she's quadriplegic premenopausal. Um, it took her significant other two weeks 
to get it right every single night. You know, that's a third party learning how it works, applying it and getting it right. But the outcome for her has been positive. And I think we see that also in our other, our, our older female patients practice. And again, marrying the right device for the patient. I just have to say, it's reassuring that there are alternatives besides the wicking products or the absorbent products. So mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've come toward the end of our hour here. It was really great. It's funny how fast time can fly, right? Yeah. Uh, but I would like to thank everybody for showing up for the show and all these great questions and what a great presentation. I do want to put a plug in for next week. Uh, we have our own Andrea Strong going to be presenting the second part of our OAB discussion. So if you didn't catch the first part, go back and watch the on demand, but she'll be discussing first and second line therapies. And as was mentioned earlier, if you didn't get enough, you got some more questions, join us at the after party, just go to euronurse.com hit that after party button. It'll instantly transport you to a Zoom room where we can sit and chat as long as we want. Again, I do want to bring up our group here and thank everybody for being a part of the show as usual. Thanks for rescuing me when my microphone goes down. You know, I've got two of these microphones. I don't know why I keep the second one not next to the first one, but I will next time. So see everybody over at the after party or next week. Have a great day for the rest of you that don't come. Bye, Bye everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.